Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. I've got a wonderful lady with me today called Sarah Townsend. And Sarah is a marketing copywriter and author. Now the author bit's important. We are going to talk about that book. Um, But Sarah, welcome to the Human Conversation. Thank you for having me, Jules. It's a pleasure to be here. It's really nice to meet you because it's actually the first time I've met you too. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. We've exchanged a few messages on LinkedIn, haven't we? But we haven't actually chatted before now. So it's lovely. Which is always good because it's it's also nice if I've already met someone, but equally as nice because I know nothing about you. So this is a clean slate for all the listeners (laughs) to find out what's and all about you. Um, But actually what I want to do is I want to kind of start with finding out a bit about your career journey really Sarah so um, when you left school uh, what happened next? Wow okay so I left school after doing A-levels and never wanted to go to uni and uh, was very keen to just get out into the real world and start earning money and getting a bit of independence because I was living at home with my family at the time And so I worked as an admin assistant for a financial services company. And I did that for three years. Then met my ex-husband, who was living in Cheltenham, and I was working in Swindon at the time. So we decided really quickly we were going to move in together. And we bought our first flat. And I thought, I don't really want to commute to Swindon every day. I'll see if I can get a job for a company locally. So I applied to work at Eagle Star, which was another insurance company. Yes, I remember that. Worked there for a couple of years. And at some point during that journey, their marketing department relocated to Cheltenham from London. And I didn't really know much about marketing, but I just thought it sounded kind of cool and like something that I thought I could do. Uh, Apologies to all marketing (laughs) graduates out there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I applied for a job got the job, loved it, got trained so much. It was, um, it was a time when, so it would have been very late 80s, early 90s, 91 thereabouts. And it was when businesses were really big on training their employees. So I'd get sent down to the Chartered Institute of Marketing in Cookham, if I remember rightly, and do all these courses about writing for print and this sort of thing. And I worked my way up to become a team leader within the marketing department, had my own team that was called, was nicknamed the Colour Pencils. And uh, we were responsible for all the publications, both internal and external. So customer magazines, staff, newsletters, all this kind of thing. And at some point, the marketing department decided to make a third of its team redundant. And they asked if anybody wanted voluntary redundancy. And because it was early 90s, it was in the days where you could take a redundancy package and really kind of be quite well off on the back of it. Yeah. 
So I applied for voluntary redundancy. And in the meantime, I contacted the publishing company that were publishing my customer magazine in Bristol and said, look, I've applied for voluntary redundancy, any chance of a job? And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, great, you can come and work with us as soon as you're ready. So I took voluntary redundancy from Eagle Star with an 11 grand payoff on the Friday and started work for the publishing company on the Monday. That's the way to do it, Sarah. Well, I think with <laughs> hindsight, I think I might have taken at least a long weekend off. It wasn't, it wasn't my best ever decision. I think I could have taken a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I worked there for three years, uh, became pregnant with my daughter who's now 21. Oh, um, wow, Sarah. Yeah, so my business is the same age as my daughter because basically I started as a freelancer when I uh, was pregnant with, with Amy. Wow, I, I love this. I, I already love this so much. Um, <laughs> I mean, my story is quite um, interesting in that I started my first business, which I took into Dragon's Den when Sam was three months old. So I'd had him. Uh, but again it's this kind of like being pregnant or having a small baby you know it just doesn't stop us does it you know (laughs) nothing stops me yeah exactly (laughs) I can tell that already I can tell that so I love this and you know for 21 years then you've had your own business Mm, and you have seen so many changes haven't you how amazing is that um yeah yeah I want to kind of talk about how those 21 years have changed. What are the key significant things that you've seen running your own business? Tell us about that, because I think that will bring us nicely into the book, actually. But tell us first your thoughts about that. Yeah, well, I have to say, I think the biggest change has to be um, probably quite obviously technical. So when I first started, there was very little internet and there was certainly no social media at all. Same. So I was starting out not knowing the first thing about running a business. I didn't even consider myself to be running a business. I used to kind of, kind of downplay what I did by saying, oh, I'm just a freelancer. (laughs) Quite a few people out there do that. And it's something that I touch on in the book about why it's important to adopt the mindset of a business owner, etc. But I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah. So no social media, I'm a social person and I get a lot of my energy from being around other people. So going from being in the buzz of an office to suddenly being in my office at the top, uh, in the attic floor of my home where I was living at the time was quite a culture shock. So there were no Facebook groups, there was no LinkedIn, you could put your posts out and kind of say to other people in the same boat as you look I'm finding this really hard you know what do you guys do about knowing what to charge or how do you deal with the unpredictability of working for yourself or whatever the issues are and now of course we've got so many channels and ways to learn from people who've already been there and done that and yeah and I think now it's in a lot of ways much easier for people who are starting out on their freelance journey at the same time I wonder if some of those people feel it's harder because it does often seem as if we're all operating in a really crowded marketplace because we're all aware of one another and what we're all doing yeah. so yeah it's it's difficult I think not to 
compare yourself to other people using social media so pros and cons <laughs> yeah no definitely and I love what you're talking about here because I experienced the same when I started truly madly baby that was 2005 it was probably a bit later than you started yeah but the same scenario there was no social media there was mm. hardly any internet that we were really using properly um, in fact I think the business I did was through forums on websites so because I was attracting oh, okay. I was attracting mums that was my ideal audience okay. so it was forums uh, on wow. websites you know the chat rooms basically yeah 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 um, I remember which were which were great and effective but but yes imagine the knowledge you now reap and the the communities mm. you now become part of with social yeah. media however yeah. here's the thing Sarah I want to ask you do you feel like um yes I agree it's crowded and it feels like maybe it's quite saturated markets that you're Mm -hmm. sitting in because of social media but how about the whole millions of pieces of advice which ones do you follow do you feel like that can become an issue as well yeah I've I've had feedback from people actually yesterday somebody who was in the process of reading my book she tagged me and half a dozen others in on a post saying look I've just started going freelance what would be your one key piece of advice and it's a really difficult thing to narrow down because you know I got 21 years of advice to share um and also I noticed that quite a few people who responded in yeah, who responded to her question was saying, oh, be careful what advice you follow, because there are a lot of people out there who mm, they are seemingly very generous with their advice, but it's sort of a big hook to, um, to, to pull you in to their way of doing things and to get them enrolled in your very expensive coaching program okay. or whatever. So yeah. I, I think ask the people who you do trust yeah. and which is obviously what um, I think it was Helen yesterday um, in her post that that's the way to do it is to kind of look at the people out there who seem to have credibility for being generous with their advice and trustworthy yeah. with their advice. Yeah. And don't so much with the comparison to everybody, what everybody else is doing, because everybody is on their own journey and everybody is at their own different stage of their own journey. So I think it's really important to remember that your what you see on social media is, and I've read this somewhere and it just really resonated, what you see on social media is people's external lives. It's the, the edited highlights that they want you to see. Whereas the deep down, the self-doubt, um, the anxiety and the insecurity and all the fears that come with running your own business, they're your internal life. So don't compare the people's external life to your internal life because mm-hmm. you're bound to feel like you're not doing as well as everybody else. it's it's inevitable it's a great piece of advice Um, I call it comparatonitis yeah we're so hooked up on what everyone else is doing and obviously you know on my posts and in my world I talk about your UHP so your unique human proposition which is what makes you beautifully unique and so I'm quite passionate about all of that so if anything I want somebody to just feel very unique I don't want them to feel like anyone else you know so it's, it's quite interesting isn't it so 21 years Sarah of running your own business and 
were you writing at that point? Was it copywriting? Was it marketing consultancy? What did your business look like back then? It was it was a real baby business back then because I was juggling learning to be a new mum. I didn't know the first thing about being a parent and I kind of felt like I wasn't very good at it. Um, I was not somebody who kind of grew up... My, a, a bit of like a little offshoot story but my sister and I are very different she's naturally very nurturing very she's just a great mum she's just one of these people that is just born to be a mum she's <laughs> just fantastic and she's never had a particular career she's sort of flitted from job to job and that's the way it works for her and she's happy with that whereas I've always been kind of the black sheep of my family and I, I've just got this drive and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I never thought I was, you know, I, I never thought I was going to be any good as a mum. Uh, and as it turned out, I'm all right. Yeah, <laughs> I've got two great kids who I'm really super proud of. And I've been a single mum for 13 of the past 21 years. So yeah, I, I guess when I first started, I didn't want to take on anything too challenging or too, um, stretching I suppose so I predominantly started with doing proofreading for the business that I was working for before they used to send me proofreading and editing jobs and I didn't really put myself out there saying oh I'm doing copywriting until probably a few years down the line when I'd really developed the confidence and also the understanding to see that Sometimes when clients came to you thinking they needed one thing, what they actually needed was something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I'd get people sending me documents saying, well, how much would you charge to proofread this? And I'd say, it's not really ready for proofreading. <laughs> it could be so much better. So that was when I started sort of doing more copy refreshes, which is still something I do a lot of to this day. Yeah. So yeah, I guess my baby business grew with my babies because oh. when they were teeny um so when my daughter went to nursery I guess about six five six months old she went three days a week and I would work three short days while she was at nursery and then the time that I had with her I was more refreshed I was more sort of stimulated because I had something that was mentally stimulating me and then I was more kind of emotionally available for her so yeah it worked really well and we're, we're so aligned actually I'm listening to your story I'm thinking we really have actually traveled very similar journeys because with so my nice. my truly madly baby journey was all about me needing to do something as well as be mum but really wanting yes. to be mum you know so there was the, yeah. that, that balance mm. you talked about earlier Absolutely. and then creating a party plan model meant I could give mums the same thing so that they yes. could work yeah. run their own little business but equally still be mum you know so mm. then and I think that was really important back when my baby was tiny as as yeah. you've just said but then on from that I think what's um, happened for me just as driven as you you know I needed to continue to be driven have goals you know have aims and succeed in life that was yeah. my whole ethos if you like yeah. I think I feel like you sound similar to that I've been a single mom for 11 yeah. years oh wow um, but only to one you've got two yeah I've got two <laughs> yeah so you, did you have a, a boy or a girl as your second baby then? my second is a boy I've yeah, got so Amy and George so you've got one of each so yeah. your George is what 18 he's is he? 18 in September 
Amazing. Can't, can't quite believe it. So he's just about to go into year 13 doing his A-levels. They're very different, my two, but yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. So it's amazing. It's, I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for the fact that you've, you've been a mom, a single mom, and you've been running a business. Awesome. Yeah. You know, really yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I love that we've met for that reason. And I'm sure our listeners are already feeling inspired. Um, just to finish off a little bit about your work, and then I want to talk about your book. Yeah. Okay. Um, your work, do you work with specific industries or how does it work for you Sarah? No um, no I don't I made a decision really early on that I didn't want to niche if I was going to niche in anything it was going to be financial services because that was very much my background and in a nutshell I didn't want to niche in financial services (laughs) I thought I would um, get quite tired quite quickly of writing about cost of delay on pensions and uh, why you should choose the right car insurance so um yeah, so I, I always say that my niche is making complicated messages simple. Just lately, I'm trying to only work with businesses that I feel are really cause-driven. So, um, yeah. for example, if they've got, if they can tell their story in a way that gives me goosebumps, that's usually a decider. I kind of come off the phone and I feel energized. And again, there's a section on this in the book. I kind of describe it using Marie Kondo's catchphrase as finding the clients who spark joy so the people that you really want to work with who inspire you who make you feel like your day has been really worthwhile and I I guess at the moment that's kind of my niche working for businesses with a cause and that doesn't necessarily mean sustainable ethical businesses although some of those are yeah and I've still got original clients who I've worked with for years um my oldest client my most long-standing client, yeah. I guess you'd say, is um, RTL Group, and they're Europe's biggest entertainment network. Amazing. So I've worked with them for 14 years. Yeah. Just little me in my little back <laughs> office in the back of my house. Not so, little yeah, you at all. Not little you at all, really. So. <laughs> Not just but, a freelancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's really... I feel so much the same as you in that I just feel like I connect with the clients I love working with. Yeah. This connection. Mm. And it's usually because you share the same values, quite yeah. honestly. That's very, a big thing, true. I think. Yeah. And um, I spoke to a lady this morning who may potentially become a client, and that's obviously now up to her and when and if and how. But there was definitely this lovely connection and energy just in our chat. And you just yeah. know if she did come and say, I'd like to work with you, I would feel excited about that. You Absolutely. Know, that's that's yeah. the thing you're talking about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and the other thing I think is that niche often, what we think is that niche has to be um, an industry or, you know, a, a specific really thing. And it doesn't, actually. Mm. Niche can just be the way you do something can be niche, in my yes. mind, which I think yeah. is exactly what you're talking about. So mm. I mm. love that. That's, that's really great. So look, you wrote a book, Sarah. You wrote a book. Um, <laughs> and obviously, this is like, I've written a book. So this is one author to another. Um, did you ever really set out to write the book? That's my first. No, no, quite, <laughs> the, quite the opposite. Do you know, I, I spent uh, like years, people would say to me, oh, you, surely you, you must feel you have a book in you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, because I write for a living. Like, why would I want to spend even more time writing? However much I love it, I quite like to do other things in my spare time. So I, I was quite adamant that I didn't have a book in me and I never would write a book. I had no interest and I just don't know what changed. <laughs> I really don't I love I, that. I genuinely really don't know what changed I it, it just sort of happened 
it stemmed from a blog post that I wrote. Um, it was very much, it was actually called, the original blog post was called Survival Skills for Freelancers, and then in brackets, how to go solo without going loco. Mm -hmm. And that to me just summed up perfectly really what the essence of the book was all about. And yeah, the blog post was so popular and people were like, oh, you know, nobody talks about this honest, heart on your sleeve, all the tough stuff, but not just the tough stuff, but the stuff that, you know, the, everybody talks about, oh, how great freelance life is, because especially when you're a parent, you can, um, you can fit around school, you can uh, be there for the school run, you never miss a sports day, you never miss a school yeah. play, all this kind of thing. But nobody really does talk about how you deal with the loneliness and the challenges on your mental health yeah. and just the things like the unpredictability, the loneliness, the self-doubt. So yeah. I wanted to be real about it. Well, that's the word really, isn't it? Real. That is it, the word I was I had in my head as you were speaking. Yeah. Nobody talks about the yeah. reality of mm. this whole running a business. Isn't yeah. it? Exactly. So I, I'm excited about the book already just for the fact of the way you've written it, which is wonderful. I'm sure it's really been well received. In fact, I know it has from some yeah. of the I've seen. So yeah. tell, us, tell us about the book. What's it called, Sarah? So it's called Survival Skills for Freelancers. Brilliant. And it is, it basically... It busts eight of what I think are the most common myths about freelance life. And it also gives some of the foundations for how to set up, if you're new to freelance life, some of the qualities and the traits that will stand you in good stead and some of the things that might hold you back. Um, some of the things about productivity, working from home, how to stay focused, how to stay motivated. So when I set out to write it I didn't have the intention of it being just for experienced freelancers or just for new freelancers and if I'm honest most of the reviews from I'd say about the reviews are about 50-50 split people who are just new to freelance life and haven't been self-employed before and they're all saying ah this is just like this has come to me exactly the right time yeah but then I've got another huge chunk of reviews from people who are really experienced freelancers, like um, Tom Alberton, another copywriter. He's been a freelancer for 15 years, I think. Um, I had one guy who is a security consultant who's been self-employed for 24 years. Another guy who's a financial advisor who's been self-employed for 25 years. And even those people are still saying they really thoroughly were entertained by the book, but they got stuff out of it that they hadn't yeah. thought of before yeah. so yeah it's it's for freelancers old and new wherever you are on the journey yeah and and the thing is I think even if you have been doing this for a long time how often do you really stop step outside of that business look in look in from the outside in and say oh am I doing this in the best way and yeah, how do exactly. I really feel about this am I working with the right people you know mm. there's so many things isn't there that we just do and we get on with and we don't necessarily analyze and stop to think about do we it's really important I think to stop and take stock of where you are and whether you are still on the path that you wanted to be on and I think 
another thing, particularly for experienced freelancers, is that you can never say, okay, you know, I, I'm going to sit back now. I've got this. You yeah, know, I know, I, you know I, I know what I'm doing. You've got to keep learning because if yeah. you don't, you can be damn sure that your competitors are. Um, and I'm all for kind of collaboration, not competition. I, mm. I, I totally agree with just... <laughs> connecting with and supporting and being there for and learning from the people in the same field as you I'm all about mm. that yeah. but um I do think you can it's a real mistake if you think you've got to a stage where oh you know oh I, I read a book about freelancing 10 years ago I don't yeah. need to read anymore <laughs> no well they do because they need to read your book that's the thing isn't it <laughs> they need to read your book so how long did it take you to write it Sarah of interest yeah, that's a really good question. I've been asked that a couple of times and I'm not <laughs> sure I can really answer it um, because I think I started writing it around about the end of last year. But because of the way my brain is wired, I am so ultra focused on what I'm working on at the time. So it's not like I could kind of go, oh, hey, you know, I just did client work and then I kind of did it in my evenings and weekends because I had to focus on getting the first draft nailed. And I'd say that took about, probably about six to eight weeks in total. But I gave myself the whole of January off client work by the way yeah, so I didn't yeah. bill a single cent in January because I just wanted to focus on this because it's just the only way I know how yeah. um I wouldn't say it was a particularly healthy way of doing it because I became like out and out obsessed with the book it was all I could think of and sometimes it still is if I'm honest because yeah, yeah. it's you know I put my heart and soul into it it's not yeah. like writing a factual book and you've had to research your topic this book is me yeah so yeah it's it's and I, I'm naturally a very sensitive person, like and it says in the book, actually. <laughs> I, um, I read this book called The Highly Sensitive Person, which um, Steve Morgan, who wrote Anti-Cell, he told me about it. Uh, and he's the same. And sometimes we, sh we exchange a couple of emails and I say, oh, this happened. This is <laughs> the trials of being an HSP. <laughs> <laughs> HSP, I love that. Put your own little title. But I think it's, it, it's lovely that you have put your heart and soul into writing this book. That will be what makes it special, in all mm. honesty. It will be. Now, I had a very different writing journey, but that's probably because I would have to structure myself slightly different to you you know because we yeah. are all unique and different absolutely and with me uh, firstly I didn't want to write well I didn't decide to write a book it wasn't my goal just like you okay. said you know didn't, didn't set out to be an author but felt really passionate about same as you a message that I wanted people to have around sales as you do a message you want people to have about freelancing and running your own business um, and that's really where my book came from now the only way for me to write this book was with somebody keeping me accountable so I had a writing coach who then uh, we, we, we wrote monthly basically so I took a year to write my book yeah so it was very Which structured is common, I think yeah I very structured yeah very structured and and I knew what I was writing when although I didn't write it in the order you read it that was the no, other interesting same. thing yeah I was just <laughs> gonna ask you that yeah isn't it no, all over the place yeah. yeah yeah I think it's because then you're writing in that much more real way because you're writing about what matters at that point you know yeah. you, you've got yeah. to be into what you're writing and I'm not a writer like you are Sarah um so I took 12 months and it was much more structured 
but um, yeah. same as you wrote what I I had to be writing when it was right because mm. I had one month when I just said I'm not writing this everybody knows it and my yeah. writing coach said okay have a month off um because she knew I think that I was hitting a bit of a brick wall but I genuinely yeah. thought people would not want to read my book yeah. did you ever feel like that when you were writing your book I'm not sure that I was aware of feeling like that um there's always this there's always this feeling of oh that you know there are other books out there on the subject and obviously there are but you're nobody else writes writes like me or you no. and nobody else has been through the same journey and nobody else is going to share my story in the way that I would do it yeah. so I think I felt from I think I was buoyed up by the success of the blog post because yes. it was far and away my most popular blog that I'd ever shared yeah. and I think that just gave me enough of an insight to really believe in what I was doing yeah. so yeah I, I think I even 21 years down the line, I get horrendous self-doubt from time to time. Yeah. And like, I get, I get, I get whole days where I think, oh, you know, what am I doing? I can't, Why am I, I doing can't this? Do this. <laughs> you know, even now. And I think people think, oh, when I've been doing it for a couple of years, I'll be fine. It'll go away. And I just genuinely don't think it does. Yeah, it I think the important thing to do is to get some strategies that work for you, but also to accept that those strategies won't even always work. You know, no. you're just going to get days where you're just going to feel flawed by yeah. self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and think everybody else has got this and you're floundering away and like frantically paddling under the water like a swan. <laughs> a swan, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think everybody goes through it and I think it's just a, it's a big realisation. Yeah. I, I kind of envy those people who say, ah, oh, yeah, I don't really believe in imposter syndrome. I, I'm kind of envious of those people yeah I, I guess I'm envious but I also not sure I quite believe them <laughs> Sarah yeah no <laughs> there's an element of that for sure yeah but I, I think it's really good uh, for everybody to hear when they see somebody who's very successful who's written a wonderful book you know and, and you are seen as this successful lady I think it's great to hear that you have imposter syndrome and self-doubt sometimes <laughs> I think it's great because it's real yeah. you know and, and I nice do too sure. you know lots of people yeah. meet me and they can't quite believe oh, you, you can't be lacking in confidence. You know, you wouldn't be scared, would you? And I'm like, yeah, I would yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have those times. So I love that we've discussed that and opened that up to Me be too. something that's really real. Yeah. So yeah. why will somebody want to buy your book, Sarah? Come on, tell me why I should buy your book. I guess the most pressing thing that springs to mind at the moment is a lot of people are in a position of looking where they are after the pandemic maybe they've been made redundant after the furlough scheme or they're going to be made redundant after the furlough scheme comes to an end or having that time working from home or not working from home if they've been furloughed has perhaps given them the confidence or the the idea of dipping their toe into something new but they haven't worked for themselves before they haven't run a business or they're just new to freelance life I would say those are probably the the kind of key target audience they're the people who are really messaging me and saying this has really made a difference to me mm. like 
I had one lady who bought a copy because she was recovering from cancer and she was helping her 21-year-old son set up a business as a wood turner. And she wanted a book that she could use with him as kind of a guide to work through the various stages of setting up a new business. And she messaged me and said, I've started reading it. And I just wanted to say, it's really different. I love the fact that I feel like I can hear you talking to me. It just feels like a conversation with a friend. And she said, I'm really enjoying it. I just wanted to let you know. And then the following day, she messaged me and said, I finished the book. And she sent me a photo of the inside of the front cover. And she'd written a little inscription to her son saying, um, this book is your new best friend. You need to treasure it and it'll keep you safe on your journey. And I, I was so touched by that. And then she said she'd ordered another five copies. She ordered one to replace the book that she'd given to her son for herself. Um, and then th- three more. That's four. Maths, maths not being my strong point. Four more. One for her. And then three for her two stepdaughters and her niece, who were all doing jobs that they didn't particularly like and all dreamt of running their own businesses. Mm. And to get stories like that from people who are just starting out and they need that confidence and they can't afford a business coach yes. or a mentor. A lot of people have said to me things like, it's like having a pocket business. That was Leif Kendall, the um, director of Pro Copywriters, said it's like having a pocket business coach. And someone else said it's like having your own personal business mentor. And then someone else said it's like having a comforting arm around your shoulder telling you everything's going to be okay. So it's all those, it's a very personal message. It's very real, as you've already said, but it's reassuring. So yeah, it, it kind of deals very much with the highs and lows, reassuring voice, friendly. Um, yeah. And kind the of. person who has actually walked the walk, which is another Absolutely. thing that I think has huge value to all of this, is that it, yes. the reality comes from the fact that you have actually done this. This isn't mm, about the yeah. theoretical and for a long side. Time. Yeah, for a long no, time. A- absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> there are there are books out there in every business subject, aren't there, where people yeah. kind of have to be experts, but it turns out they've not actually been doing it that long. So yeah, yeah I I wouldn't I, I would actually say that anybody who wants to kind of fast track their career, their freelance career, to become successful and to maybe find themselves in a position where they can pick and choose who they work with, they can pick and choose the work they do. If you want to kind of accelerate your progress on that journey, then buy a book because it will hopefully skip you through a lot of the mistakes that I made in the first 12 to 15 years of my own journey and it'll get you there quicker. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And so where can we get the book, Sarah? I will put links, obviously, into the podcast notes. Yeah, of Where course. can we get the book at the moment? It's actually only available on sale from Amazon. I do have a few preview copies that if anybody is particularly dramatically opposed to Amazon, uh, and I have had a couple, <laughs> yeah. I will sell you one directly, but um, it's available in Kindle and paperback formats. Yeah. 14.95 paperback, 9.95 Kindle. And an audiobook will be coming at some point if I ever have the time to do it. So, yeah, yeah it's in the um, pipeline. 
I'm glad you said that. It was one of my questions I was going to ask you because I did do an audio book for my book um, okay. and I did do it myself as well. And you've got and your studio that you've already mentioned. Well, it's our little spare room here, but I used a, a proper studio to do the audio book, but literally hired it out and the guy did a bit of editing for me. So oh, it, was, it was great to do it. Really hard work to do it myself. Yeah. But... Sarah, if you ever do the audio book, please make sure you read it because it sounds like it really needs to be your voice. I hope yes. you are going to Oh, do yeah, that. I absolutely yeah. am doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I put a tweet out oh, months ago and said something about, does anybody, can anybody recommend a studio locally? And it was actually before lockdown because somebody said, um, you shouldn't be thinking about uh, reading your own audio book because, and I said, well... This is different, I think, because my book is very much my personal story, and uh, it, it's very. I mean, a, a, another copywriter, Dave Harlan, said um, he actually did a little video testimonial the other day and said, "If you've ever met Sarah or you've ever heard her speak, reading the book is like reading an audio book." He said, because you can hear my voice exactly. coming through. Yes. So I said this to the guy and he said, well, surely all books are, per are personal. I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to duck out of that conversation because yeah. I disagree quite strongly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> so yeah I I'm do. doing it myself. I do too. And I think uh, when you get feedback, like uh, it feels like you're reading it to me. It feels like you're in the room with me, you know, because yes. I've, I've been really lucky and I've had feedback like that as well. And, and it means you've written it it's in a great, really special it? way, Sarah. Mm, and mm. so actually that I would almost tell you off, not even knowing you, if you said to me that someone else is going to read that audio. <laughs> no, nobody else is getting control over that. Jules, I'm a total control freak. I can't let anything go, <laughs> even now. <laughs> but you've got a beautiful voice, so it will be fabulous. So I do hope you get back Thank to you. doing that because there's a lot of people yeah, do yeah, love that audio book as well aren't they so I've, I've really loved catching up with you there's a couple of things Thank before you. I go that I'd like to just cover and um, the first thing is if anyone wants to connect with you um you know with a view to maybe even working with you how do they do that Sarah uh, I would say in terms of social media the I'm probably most active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah. Feel free to connect with me, but if you do find me through Jules Podcast, do drop me a little note just so I know where you've come from because I yes. always like to have that little personal connection. Um, I'm also active on Twitter where I am at S for Sarah, T for Townsend, E for Editorial, Copywriting, STE Copywriting. Yeah. And um, alternatively, you can uh, get in touch using the... Um, the book landing page, which is survivorskillsforfreelancers.com. And I'm sure again, you will share the link I to will. that. Yeah. But all my contact details are on there. And that also links through to my copywriting website. Wonderful. Um, and then finally, for our listeners, one last piece of advice. One last thing you want to leave them with, Sarah. Oh, wow. Okay. So I would say when you're working for yourself, it's really, really important to just be yourself, be authentically you in business, because it doesn't necessarily follow that your clients will come to work with you because you're the best in your field. The chances are a big part of their decision-making factor is that click and that fit and that kind of secret source that is just uniquely you. So yeah, I have to say, just be yourself, um, speak in your writing, using your own voice. Don't pretend to be something that you're not because you'll seem 
it'll seem trip you up if you try to do that. It's perfect because it's everything I talk about. It's everything you talk about. And actually, you know, we're experienced enough now down our sort of career paths to know that it works when you are yourself. You know, it really does. So, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. I've loved our human conversation. So have I. It's been a pleasure. Thank and hopefully you. we'll have a virtual cuppa again sometime where we, we're not recording. We can just chat and find out oh, even more about lovely. each other. I'd yeah, really like I'd love that. that. And for the listeners, I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. I know I have. And having never met Sarah before, how wonderful to find out about her journey, her ethos, her values, and the wonderful book she's written, which you must all go out and look for because it's going to be a wonderful read. Okay, so thanks for listening. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. And also this will be on YouTube so you can see our beautiful faces. Um, And please do like and subscribe wherever you've listened. And we hope to see you again next time on The Human Conversation. Ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to The Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.